Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with Keith Myers. Keith, how you doing, man? Man, I am doing all right, but you know, this is going to be a weird show. I don't, I'm not sure we've ever had a show where we are this early in the season starting to talk about the offseason because... Well, we certainly haven't. They're done. <laughs> we've they're- All we've been doing since we started is talking about successful teams, more or less. You know, yeah. we went from 2017, it was kind of a reset, rebuild year. Even then, we we went to ten wins, then eleven, then twelve. Then, you know, I I truly thought that uh, we were going to be in the same conversation this year. Um, we both looked at the offense and just went, "How could this not be a top five offense?" And well, it was until Wilson got hurt. Yeah, but not. It just didn't feel com- like we had all the complete information though at that point. Yeah, like there were I still mean, some some flaws there that we could probably discuss. That well, true, but you can't argue with the results being the number one offense yes, in terms of yards per right. play and, and points per drive. So um, and limited those, only by opportunity. Yeah, and so I mean the offense was 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 roaring, but uh, we go into this game against Arizona, and this is the second straight game with that once Wilson's back from his injury, and he looks lost. He looks terrible. Um, and the offense is going nowhere. I will have to say, I do get that. I really do. And I'm, I'm in there with you right there. And with a number of fans, it's just kind of crazy. However, just to temper that a little bit, we have played two of the best NFC teams on the schedule, including just now the best team in the NFC, the Arizona Cardinals. It's like, I get that. I get the the offense is completely dysfunctional and stuff, but the level of competition the last two games has also been at a high level, and the Seahawks have just not been able to match that. In fact, the only wins the Seahawks have this year so far are against you know sub five hundred teams, with the exception of now the the Forty Niners, um, and they're just at five hundred. So, yeah, and we've lost every other you know currently competitive playoff contending team on the schedule so far. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. So yeah, um, they've they've lost to anyone that's remotely good, um, right? Which, except, which tells except me for I San think... Francisco, um, and they've they've beaten the Jaguars and a Colts team that is still trying to figure out, yeah, you right. know who they are, right? So, <laughs> which tells us really everything that we need to know about what's going to happen in the next eight weeks seven mm-hmm. weeks now um we'll probably be real competitive in the games that are against teams that are less than and that rams game is probably going to be a loss and that'll probably be the one that puts us out of contention and then the arizona one at the end i'm just not even sure that we could beat a like an average arizona team with a whole bunch of replacement players there um Okay. Well, I don't know about that. I know that well, I, at, at some point, though, right? at, at some point, Russell Wilson is going to 
um, remember how to play football and we go back to being Russ. The problem is that it's going to happen way too late to save the season. Um, and it's hard to it, really say that with complete confidence too when you take a look at the way the last year unfolded. No, nah, see, I, I do because last year unfolded in a way where um, he lost confidence in the scheme. The scheme basically fell apart to or basically he was the play call was throw it deep on every play and that was it. Um, and he just stopped like, like Wilson's numbers weren't terrible. Like his, they were still pretty good. Um, but do you get that sense this year too? Like, it seems like that's the thing. Well, he's going away from those short tempo type stuff and trying to find or hold the ball and and get the ball down the field more than not. I don't, I don't know if that's completely true. I just, I don't think he's reading the field well right now. Like I said, after the, after the first game that, that he was back against Green Bay, that he was just reading, going through his reads really slowly. And in this game, it didn't feel like he was going through his reads at all. Like he just was struggling to figure out where to go with the ball. So the separation is in the preparation. Yeah, maybe. I saying. don't know. I just, he is, um, the game, it, it feels like back when in his rookie think year when the game just moved really fast for him. Do you think him. that something outside of football is, is causing no. a distraction for him? No, I, I don't. So I, is, I, I, okay. I don't, I don't subscribe to any of that. Um, and unless something is, comes out that says, Hey, this is what's going on. And you know, I don't see thing, I'm never, that I'm never, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to like, you know, speculate. I, get that. I, I, I understand that, but we are three and seven. He hasn't looked great. You know, and you could point to a couple other games where he was only really good in a, in a quarter or a half of a game. I mean the 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 lack of a running game th- for over most is of the huge. season it has really been is huge. huge. The lack of pass the last of lack of pass blocking has been um, disappointing. <laughs> it's been really disappointing. What was but what was maddening about this game was that it wasn't just the usual suspects that were struggling. Um, you know, Gabe Jackson, who's been like the one you know, good piece mm-hmm. of the line all year had a really rough game. Um, and you know, we're not used to seeing that. Like he's been the one guy who's, you know, actually played well uh, throughout the entire season yeah. so far. And then he just had a rough game. I thought year. all the vets in this game's kind of had a, a rough game with the exception of Tyler Lockett. I think everyone else was just kind of struggled a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. across our, I mean, Damian Lewis and, um, and Dwayne Brown, I think, played better in this game. But everyone else on the offensive line kind of struggled. Uh, Russell Wilson obviously struggled. Uh, Penny went out <laughs> after, after one, one play, play with one a hamstring injury. freaking play. He did come back in the second half, though, which maybe says he's not done for the season. But he's done. He's, he's, he's just done. He looked great on that one play, though. Yes, in one, in one play. <laughs> No, at this point, at this, I got to tell you, um, he may have looked great in that one play, but DJ Dallas looked better during his plays. So um, at this point, I'm done. I'm done with with Penny. Like, oh he, sure, he and and he's one. He's not going to be back next year. So no matter no. what happens, he's still yeah. Going to be so and Trey so Brown, Car- I'll, go ahead. I was like, Carson's out because of, he had neck surgery. Penny needs to just disappear. And we can't it's, rely on Carson to come back next year. We're going to have to go running back hunting yeah. this offseason. This is a um, Alex Collins and DJ Dallas running game for the rest of the year. Um, and, I, and I'm okay with that. Like, or or um, some unsigned vet not yet to be named. I mean, it's just kind of yeah. crazy. There's no reason to bring in a vet on a team that's three and seven. 
Play, you might as well find the, out what Josh Johnson has on the practice squad. Yeah, John, bring have him play. At this point, honestly, you're three and seven. The season's over. You're not going to the playoffs. You need to start evaluating young players. So who do you know that's on this team that has no value and won't be back next year? Let's start with Rashad Penny. You know what? Have fun. It's been it's been real. Peace out. Uh, let's get Josh Johnson on the roster and see what happens. Um, and there's plenty of other guys that I, we mm-hmm. can say the same thing too. Um, and, and that, that's where and I'm we at. may have to, I mean, Trey that, Brown went out with a, a patellar tendon injury, which is just extremely unfortunate for the young, young guy yeah. because he was really shy, tr- trying to show up and he was yeah. showing up. Yeah. And him getting him, um, in there was part of this defense's turnaround. It was just, they had competent enough play at cornerback for everything else to start working. Um, and now he's out for the year and probably part of next year because that's what happens when you get a patellar tendon injury. Yeah, and it depends. It really does depend on if it's it's a small tear, if it's a full rupture, and he's got to have major surgery. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. No word yet as of recording. Um, so we are 3-7. and seven. We lost this game 23-13. Um, the Cardinals are now 9-2, and two, best in the NFC, best in the NFL, uh, I will add. Um does that change anything for you at all when you look at this game? I mean, I know it was against Colt McCoy and stuff, but man, they've got a That's, nice team. Yeah, but I don't know. I, it was. Do they have a nice team? I mean, they're, they're nine and two. Let's be real. Two, Let's give them a little bit of credit. Their two best players on offense didn't play. Which, but and they're still one decidedly yes. against a so weakened without, Seattle opponent without, on the road, which was exactly without, what they needed to do. Without their two best players, it tells you a lot more about offense. Seattle, I think, than it does about the Cardinals. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Is I'm not going. I'm not going to sit here and be like, "Well, okay, they lost to Arizona, but Arizona's like the class of the NFL. They might be when they're healthy, but this wasn't against the class of the NFL. This was against a team with a backup quarterback and their top receiver both out." And now a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? Now you can when you bet on any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and older. New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So I just put something up on the screen. Uh, is there still a chance at 3-7? and seven? You could say mathematically, <sighs> mathematically. there's still a chance at 3-7. and seven, But they have sure. to... Win out to get to ten games. Yeah, you you got to. They've got to win out at this point to get to and, ten and, and seven. There is nothing. There is no indicators up till this very moment in the season so far 
that you could point to and say that that is even a possibility at this point. Now, we talked a couple of weeks ago. We said, okay, we're coming back from the bye. Uh, Green Bay and Arizona, tough opponents. There's, it's, it's possible we could lose both and we could still have somewhat of a positive feeling that we could make a run um, if, if those games were competitive. They weren't. They weren't competitive. They got and shut so out now against Green Bay. I think the formula does they just change. Got ran over in this one, and yeah, I mean they're 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 not competitive against the good teams. They just they weren't competitive. Now, if some if the light turns back on for Russ, like it was early in the season, and suddenly this offense starts humming the way it's supposed to, and the way it's talented enough to do, okay, then they can go on a run. But right now, I see nothing that gives me confidence that this team is going to be able to do that. So we can talk. You want to keep talking about the details of this game, or what do you want to? What do you want to actually come in here and do today? Well, what I wanted to look get, talk about is is a little bit about you know we we're, we look at at the defense and we're like okay the defense is much improved right? Well, they gave up twenty three points in this game. They also gave up seven more that didn't show up on the scoreboard, but Arizona's kicker just had a day. Right, mm-hmm. he missed three kicks, two field goals, and and neither of the field goals were long, um, but two field goals and an extra point. I mean, that's seven points. Um, and they were on the game. field an, uh, <laughs> another game in two two in a row now with over forty minutes on the yeah. field. They gave up four hundred thirteen total yards with Kyler yeah. Murray and and DeAndre Hopkins out. Yeah, so the, the um, defense, Seattle the on the really offense, well. they've only scored one touchdown in the last eight quarters. Got shut out in one of those games. I mean, yeah. the whole the whole thing is broken. You know, when I you mean, don't play well on offense, obviously your defense is going to just just lose steam. Yeah. You know, and in, in the in the and that's what happened down the stretch. It's like they just yep. didn't have anything left. And you know, you got players like Wagner and Brooks who made a ton of tackles in this game. But some of the reason that they made a ton of tackles is they were targeted. Um, specifically in the in the short passing game, they combined to give up 17 receptions on 19 targets for 158 yards and one touchdown, while having 15 total tackles for Brooks and 14 total tackles for Wagner. Statistically, on paper, they look great. In production, they failed. Yeah, they just did. I don't know if I'm going to go that far because I thought um, watching the game, I thought Brooks played really well, and I thought. Um, you know, Bobby Wagner is still one of the best in the game, um, and so no. Well, of course, there were and, and Brian Monet all... had a good game, and Sidney Jones had a had a decent game tackling and so forth. I, th- yeah. I thought, you know, but obviously, not enough. Yeah, total. I mean, I was just, just to overcome that deficit on yeah. on the time of possession. It's just you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, part of it is like the, all of the receptions and all that. That's kind of by design. The Seahawks zone is set up to allow the ball to be dumped off over the middle and then come up and make the tackle. And true. So, so yeah, so they had, they gave up 17 receptions, but that's designed to have those receptions go and land in front of Okay. Them but is the defense designed tackle. to give Colt McCoy a, a stat line of 35 completions on 44 attempts for 328 oh, no. yards and two Not touchdowns key? The, no, the, the, um, or Zach Ernst, who I mentioned, the pass before, rush wasn't there. The had the eight receptions, on, yeah. eighty-eight yards, two touchdowns. I told you that that would be close to my nightmare scenario in this game, and sure enough, that's the guy that did it to us. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, and then AJ Green had four receptions for 78 yards. Rondell Moore had mm-hmm. 11 receptions mm-hmm. now only mm-hmm. for 51 yards. So you're like, okay. Um, but he still had 11 catches. You- but it was, you know, as much as I hate to say this, it was nice to see a team like Arizona being able to take advantage of what the, what the defense is giving them. And that's kind of what this game was. It, you know, they knew that Colt McCoy was their quarterback. It wasn't Kyler Murray. They played within themselves. And I just thought it was a better coached, um, better produced game overall. Yeah. And I, and, and it's hard because I'm not a Pete Carroll basher and all that kind of stuff. I'm really trying to focus on what's happening, what's going on and stuff. And you just can't argue sometimes with the production on the field. It just is what it is sometimes. Well, I think I think you, what we're missing in all of this is the fact that Arizona's offensive line played really, really well and Seattle's played really poorly. And that has a lot to do with, with what we saw. I mean, uh, Colt McCoy did have that stat line. He also wasn't pressured. He was able to drop back and do whatever he wanted. And Seattle's defense just didn't pressure him. They didn't move him off his spot. They didn't um, give him any problems. Yeah. And so that, and that to me, when your most productive player on defense was Brian Monet. Yeah. You know, you probably, you got some other issues going on. Yeah. So no disrespect got, to Brian Monet he had a great game, but nonetheless, but you know, and there's no compare edge. Pressure. That, compare that to Wilson, who was, you know, in both these games, you know, he's getting, He's getting pressured before he can get to the top of his drop. What has um, happened, Keith, to Daryl Taylor? Like, we haven't been calling out Daryl Taylor's name for like five, six weeks now. Like, did they change his role? What's going on? Why isn't he showing up in the stat book? Well, he was he was banged up there for a couple of weeks. He even missed a game. Um, and I think that is part of it. And then they're they're using him more sparingly now. Like, I don't know if you noticed this, but they actually started Benson Mayo at the strong side linebacker spot instead of mm-hmm. uh, Daryl Taylor. Yep, yeah, right. And so they're using Taylor more as a defensive end. They're bringing him up in, at the five tech at times instead of, you know, on the Leo side. Um they're moving him around a little bit, but I, in the end, it's not helping him. Right. And they're bringing they're, in Ryan Neal more. Yeah. I think they're trying to hide his inability to cover and handle those responsibilities as an outside linebacker. So he's not he's not getting as much playing time, and they're trying to just use him as an end, which I think is probably smart. Like, give him the this, starting this job. This year, I think. This year, absolutely. He's just had give a lot him, on his plate. and Give him the starting job at the 7 Tech and let him just – feast like I, I i mean i get the okay you've got um you know carlos dunlap and he's the vet and whatever um but where are we in the season what has it gotten us we're three and seven it's you got to play the younger kids it's time to let daryl taylor be a full-time player and let him do his thing. well let, let's talk about this because seattle's lost five of the last six games with the lone win coming against the jaguars mm-hmm. it's 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 done you know, there's a like, there's a chance here on next week's game. Happens to be Monday night game. We'll see. I understand that the Monday night games can now be flexed after week 12 or beginning at week 12. Um, I think it would probably be good for the NFL to flex that game, but that's just me. And I hate to say that, but it is what it is. Um, let's go through the roster just a little bit, and let's. And and I don't have the practice squad pulled up, so maybe. Maybe we can do that. And I also wanted to talk to you about a, um, a not a fan generated trade, but a, a but a trade generated by Vic 
Lombardi um, that involves Russell Wilson in the offseason and the Denver Broncos okay. um, to see how you might start to think about what the team looks like going forward. So let's do you have the um, the practice squad by any yeah, chance? I do. So let's go through that list really quick, and maybe you could help identify a couple of players that you'd like to see up on the 53. Okay. Well, you've got um, – let's see if we could go through. Uh, then you don't have to name anybody, everybody, just a couple. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see some, like Josh Johnson. We've already talked about Yeah, I think um, I agree with that because Seattle is going to be in the market for a running back. Mm-hmm. We know that Carson's um, under contract – but he, he had the season-ending neck, yep. and we just don't know. I think if we have Chris Carson back next year, we could view that as a bonus. Penny's not mm-hmm. going to be back. Collins is only under contract this year. Dallas and Homer are going to be back. Um, I think that we need like a premier 1A running back. Let's find out what Josh Johnson has just so we can see if he could be in the equation next year. Yeah, I'd like to see them bring up Miles Adams. He's a an undersized 290-pound um defensive tackle who uh you know, he's a guy that's going to be able to um affect the quarterback. That's a yeah, he, guy. he he's going to be terrible against the run, but mm-hmm. um but great you know as a as a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to see him up and a guy like Robert Kim DJ um mm-hmm. might as know, well cut because i mean he's been a healthy scratch mm-hmm. half the games and when he is he hasn't made an impact so you might as well give give the the kid a chance to play um i'm the guys that i want to see play aren't on the practice squad they're on the roster and that would be well, let's talk about that then the two the two offensive tackles um you know with forsyth and curran I'd i did notice that curran did there. have a, a, a some snaps in this game i didn't see the snap count but i did see that um, he had a grade in this game, so it told me that he was in there for a while. I didn't pay attention, to be completely honest with you. I know that Pro Football yeah, I, Focus wasn't happy with him, but whatever. Um, did you see anything? Uh, I didn't. I didn't realize that he even got on the field. I haven't been able to go He was back the lowest-rated offensive player on Seattle in that game, but like I on said, his, take it with a grain of salt, Pro Football on his, Focus. On his three plays for the guys that, that, <laughs> that, that don't that don't right. grade offensive linemen particularly well, right? Because um, they don't really know what they're and looking Stone at. And Stone Forsyth, right? Yeah. So the Forsyth and Curran are the two guys I'd like to see get an opportunity, get them get them out there, um, because I want to know who they what they if either of them can play. And we know that Shell is really really struggling this year. He just mm-hmm. has never refound the form that he had at the beginning of last year. Uh, so. Same can what be are, said with Dakota Shepley. Let's yeah, find I out mean, what Dakota Shepley is about. You know, we yeah, brought him on the on the deal. We've kept him on the roster all year. Let's let's find out if that was even a good thing or not. Yeah, the Seahawks. Um, I mean, they loved him. They were so happy that he he was available. They had never expected him to be available, um, but they were able to grab him off waiver waivers when the 49ers tried to sneak him through to the practice squad, and so okay, you really like this guy. You really thought he was, you know, worth keeping a roster spot for and all that. Let's, let's see what he's got. Let's, he's been on the team long enough. He should know the playbook and know what he's doing. Um, let's find out if he's the future because we know that Fuller's certainly not. And uh, honestly, Posick's not either. So Another guy in defense that I would be interested in that's on the practice squad too would be that uh, Tanner Muse. I don't, I, I don't know if you 
if he's still there or if he got cut and I just didn't see it. But he is. Um, he's there, linebacker. A guy like uh, that might be interesting because he really played well in uh, in college as a strong safety, and then they moved him uh, mm-hmm. with the Raiders to linebacker. And I'm wondering just what what he is because he's very fast and he's very physical, and it'd be interesting to find out if he could even be like a special teams stud, if nothing else. Um, the other thing that we've got going on right now is cornerback. We don't know what's going on with DJ Reed. It looks like we've lost Trey Brown for the season. Sidney Jones mm-hmm. is playing okay. John Reed is a slot guy that really hasn't played a lot. Um, and then yeah, bless, bless Austin is the other guy that's up on the roster. I noticed they brought uh, Gavin Hells up, up this last week, um, and he had a few snaps as well. So that thing's just a mess at this point. Well, it's been a mess. It was a mess in the offseason. It was a mess during training camp. It was a mess at during the preseason. I mean, getting Trey Brown and you know back from his injury and able to play for, what, five games was great. But then guess what? Now we're in a mess again. Um, yeah, there's just, three areas where I think John Schneider and the front office really screwed up this year going into the season. Offensive line. Offensive line, specifically center, cornerback, and running back. Yeah. They just had those holes. At, you know, when we were evaluating the team mm-hmm. early on, this is a playoff team. This is a team that we're thinking is going to come up and be very similar in record to what they were last year. And they had some key improvements in certain areas that the pass rush was going to be a little better than it turned out to be. But there were still holes that we went into the season with. One was at corner, obviously. The other one, I think, at center. And then um, running back, I thought, was just weak, given the fact that they were depending on a player that was constantly injured and then a player that was constantly injured. <laughs> we two players at the top of our um, depth chart were guys that probably weren't going to play any more than like 10 or 12 games for the entire year. And yeah. that's problematic to me. That's that's not a way that you approach your um, running game, especially given the fact that Pete Carroll prioritized it in the offseason. So any, anybody gonna... else? Um well, I think when we're looking at uh, your, you listed off, um, you know, cornerbacks. I think what we're going to see is you're going to see Ryan Neal uh, get a lot of run, and you're going to see Ugo Amadi get a lot of play. Um, and those are two players that honestly should be playing at this point uh, because they've. I mean, Ugo Amadi's made some mistakes, and and Ryan Neal isn't. Um, he's also had a couple of, of off games, but for the most part, those are two guys that have that have. Ryan Neal's been one of our better defensive players yes in, in the year he said he's had a couple of off games but the rest of the games he's been he's been solid um i just i those are the two guys you're gonna expect to see a lot of they're they're gonna get a chance to play um sydney jones is gonna be out there bless austin's probably gonna be out there i think those are gonna be your four cornerbacks going forward and you're just gonna have to make do okay so let the um let the the speculation part of the podcast begin now uh-oh. All right. So so hit me with this trade because I'm, I'm yeah, curious. This is interesting I'm to curious me. curious where that's gonna go. All right. So Vic Lombardi, uh out of the out of the Broncos, he's like a, a radio guy in mm-hmm. um at ninety two point five in Denver, the altitude. <laughs> um 
has the proposed altitude, not has the proposed, attitude <laughs> the altitude yes has proposed uh trading the entire 2022 broncos draft for russell wilson the entire draft okay and what that means is instead of getting like three first round picks for you know in in most scenarios that we've talked about you're getting uh the the broncos entire draft and here's what that means uh round one broncos native pick round two their native pick round two from the los angeles rams uh, round three their own pick and round three from the los angeles rams that's five pick in the top 100 then they have their own pick in rounds four five uh, and then they have a bunch of picks from other teams another round five from the lions which would be high round six from the eagles round seven from the 49ers and round seven from the lions so that's their draft it's 11 total picks five picks in the top 100 plus you add in seattle's draft which right now is uh native second round pick which is going to be high native third round pick the jets fourth round pick which is going to be high our own fourth round pick so that would be uh three fourth round picks total uh, fifth round pick and a Jaguar sixth round pick, which looks like it's going to be pretty high. So Honestly, overall, that would be uh, 17, 16, 17 picks, which given John Schneider, you could, you know, theoretically say, turn that into like 11 or 12 picks, move up, move around, et cetera. It would really kind of give you an opportunity to reset, maybe not completely rebuild but you'd reset with a bunch of young talent that i think this team desperately needs but you'd go at it without your franchise quarterback honestly um straight up i think that trade is crap and there's no way i'd ever even consider it 11 picks an entire draft 11 picks and all of them are in around six and seven a lot of picks in the top 100 keith it doesn't matter. You're not, you are not replacing one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL by five picks in the top 100. No, one of, no, no, only, no, 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 no. Only one Nobody's of which is, say that. Only one of which is a that. first round pick. And it's not even going to be a high here's my idea. Pick. It's going to be here's, a middle of the road. Here's, uh, here's, here's my idea. If this were to happen, I'm not saying it will. I'm just saying if it were to happen, I think the idea would be that you get all these picks, you start, you accumulate, you start accumulating picks. So you get this, this is kind of the beginning. This is year one of a rebuild. Uh, Russell Wilson's got two years remaining on his contract. Uh, he's getting paid he's, as a high level. You jettison maybe Bobby Wagner, maybe even you, you trade like a, a DK Metcalf. I don't know. I'm just talking out loud right now. You, you maybe get one or two additional high level picks for like a, a DK. You just start accumulating picks, but you don't get your quarterback in this year, in 2022. You go ahead and be bad in 2022, but you've got kind of your, you're building your nucleus. And in 2023, you go get your quarterback. And yeah, so and you've got your established roster. Now you've got a bunch of second year guys. And then your window begins with your new quarterback and your four or five year contract. So no, I'm see, saying that that might be the best way to build a Super Bowl contender in three years. No, see, here's here's how you actually build a Super Bowl contender in three years if you're going to do that. One, you don't trade Metcalf because he's like 20, 22 or 23 still. He's really young. And you he's, don't trade one high level guy for just another high level guy. 
Yeah. So you, right. you go I ahead, you, you go ahead and pay him because he deserves it and he's good and he's going to be good for a long time. Um, so you, you do that. Second of all, um, you don't give up a franchise quarterback like Russell Wilson for what would be way below market value, which is what that, that particular trade. Is. When you it's add up all those picks, you are correct. You way, are absolutely correct. Way below market as value. you drop down, these picks become way less valuable. It's way below market value. So what I would say is those five picks in the top 100. Maybe you is throw a, a future a, first into that pile. Is a, starting, is a starting point and throw two more first picks, first round picks in there. Well, yeah. Okay. Or, or, a first in, or a first and a second. Um, but you're, I'm you're trying to be realistic. Yeah. So I think no, maybe and so a first and so yeah, maybe an additional first. What did, what did the bill, what did, what did the bears offer? Yeah. Seahawks? Three firsts and a, you know, a second and a three first, a second and a third and two defensive starters. Right. Right. Which those three firsts are equal to, um, not this, this draft would not even be equal to. It'd yes. be about the, the equivalency of two first round picks because about the equivalent the, of two first the Broncos round picks. do have high picks in each round. Plus it, they've got a couple other teams that have high picks. So, so uh, about the equivalent of two first round picks. So the bears offered a first, a second, a third and two defensive starters on top of what that particular trade. Uh, do you think it's realistic is. that Seattle be able to pull that sort of draft capital from another team after this season? Yes. Russell and Russell Wilson. Wilson's easier to trade with yeah. two years remaining on his contract. So whichever team gets him also has an easier kind of pill to swallow as well. Well, yeah. And and so the Seahawks don't have to just eat a ton of dead money if they trade him, which they would have had last year. Um, so w- what's much more likely, if you're looking at all of this, is a trade where you see the Seahawks send Russell Wilson to Miami. Um, getting and like Tua back, get you get Tua, um, and a Hall of Picks. So you've got your bridge quarterback who you can see if he's got anything. You kind of don't expect anything from, but he's your bridge quarterback for a year, and you get a pile of picks. And they're going to be better. They're going to be higher in the rounds than the um, than the Broncos picks were anyway. And so I think that's a. I mean, the, the Broncos will be a team that, that will be, uh, I'm sure, bidding you know, for, mm-hmm. for Wilson. They uh, really are interested in a quarterback and solving that problem. Yeah, but I think just saying, oh, you know, doing the um, uh, Saints and Ricky Williams trade, yeah, they right. give up their entire draft I, for one player. I do player, think that we're going to start to hear more about this, A, and B, I think that the values are going to go increasingly higher the longer you wait. Because mm-hmm. the quarterback class in this draft is not good, yeah, and so you and so you, his value is going to continue to rise. Yep, because there's also not very many free agent quarterbacks emerging. No, there's. And I don't I have mean, that list, never but I've seen and never it before, is. and it's not great. There, there's never is. So you're gonna go. You're. Oh, I mean, Rogers. Rogers is out there at the top because he negotiated that. But after that, there's nothing really. Yeah. So you're looking, at, and Rogers is going to be 39. Yes. Right. So, um, but you're looking at, you know, if you, if you don't want to go Rogers cause he's old or too expensive or you just miss out your neck, your second best, um, option is going to be what Jared Goff after he's cut. After he's cut. Okay. So, um, <laughs> let's get out of here. I just want to yeah, say happy good. Thanksgiving to everybody. 
Um, yeah. In case you don't get us for our um, our follow up show this this week, we're going to preview the the game coming up against the Washington Football Club um, later in the week. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to you, all of our listeners, all that kind of stuff. I know it's hard. Thanks for joining us, though. I appreciate it. Kind of walking through this stuff, just like us, we're fans. We like to talk about the the Seahawks, and we enjoy all the winning stuff. And we're very happy and pleased that we went through a big long stretch where it was just amazing. But it does seem like things are going to be changing now. It's just it we've gone over the tipping point, and mm-hmm. so let's just go all along for that ride and see what that looks like. So, okay, follow Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. I'm NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook. SeahawksPlaybook.com is our website. Find us on your favorite podcast app. Just search Seahawks Playbook Podcast as well as YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWC Hawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.